Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware. Hey, boils and ghouls. This is Darlene Jessica, a Creepinati member and a total creepster babe. Now get ready for some sinister sightings brought to you by a Paranormal Chicks. And we are Paranormal Chicks. Sinister Sightings 27. Heck yeah. And y'all just heard from Total Creepster, Jessica. Jessica. Just Jessica. (laughs) (laughs) And she's from California. California. I don't know why I said it like that. (laughs) I mean, do we have an echo in here? Echo, echo. (laughs) (laughs) All right, literal. Okay, I can deal with that. If you want to be able to introduce... You know, the best local podcast in Hattiesburg, like Jessica. Y'all, we just got an award if you didn't know. Anyway, but you can go over to www.patreon.com slash the APC podcast. Peruse the tiers. You at least have to be the $10 tier to introduce the best local podcast. But Jessica over here getting all the damn benefits. Oh, yeah. She's a total creepster in the best fucking way. And we are so totally thankful. (laughs) Okay. Lainey messaged and she said, oh my God, no girls. Oh, fuck. I am not a paranormal believer, but you have the heebie-jeebies coming out. Oh, yeah. That's what I like. Girl, totally get that. I'm not either, but sometimes I'm like, I mean, like I am, but then like when it's the extreme stuff, like fucking men in black, I'm like, okay. (laughs) Okay. But anyway. Okay. I got up for work yesterday, and my Scentsy warmer was out, and I just thought, oh, the light has burned out, and I didn't touch it or turn the switch off. I get home last night, and oh my god, that thing is on. I just listened to your episode on Robert and did not look at his picture. Oh, fuck. I'm sorry. But oh no, getting my non-believe sage off this weekend. (laughs) Yes. Okay, maybe just my sage-scented Scentsy, but still. Love you guys. New fave podcast. I love the inappropriate comments like my friends and I do. Oh, yay. Oh, my God. I love that. So let me just give you like another chill factor. Right before we started to record, Carrie has like an off-brand Scentsy, I guess. And I had just got her some different smells. And I was smelling them and being like, oh, my God, these smell so good. Whatever. But like, how about that? That's our first Story to read, and it's about a Scentsy warmer. That's pretty fucking nuts. I didn't even think about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, and also, Lainey, I love your freaking name because it reminds me of She's All That, Lainey Boggs. Mm-hmm. And I remember, like, I never thought uh, Freddie Prince Jr. was, like, super cute or anything. But I loved hacky sacks, and I couldn't do them. But I loved his little, like, interpretive thing with the hacky sack. It was so stupid. Mm-hmm. But, oh, my God, I was like, he's doing a hacky sack. That's so cool. <laughs> Oh, Lord. Meanwhile, like, I don't understand art, so I thought it was really good. Oh, Lord. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, I mean, she really thought it was cute. It was like, he's so talented. Meanwhile, I'm not another teen movie version of that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I have another little message, too, and this is from Lori. Hey, y'all. I just ran across your podcast while drooling over the list of pods which will be at the conference in Chicago in July. Whoop, 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 whoop. Lori, we're going to be able to meet you. See ya. Three days from this coming out. (laughs) Right? No. Oh, see ya last week. (laughs) Because this will come out Thursday when we're leaving. Oh, yeah, it will be three days. (laughs) Chatly for Carrie. (laughs) Oh, Lord. I love your podcast. Congrats on the launch and the continuation of it. I look forward to many happy hours of listening. Oh, yay. Thank you. Thank you, Lori. All right. 
So unfortunately, I fell asleep while listening tonight and dreamed about Danny LaPlante. Oh, those are the Those same, episode. same episode. What the fuck? Whoa. <laughs> Creep factor activated. Heebie-jeebies hair standing up. <laughs> I don't know what. Okay. <laughs> On the, oh shit, I just shaved, but I should have. <laughs> I couldn't even get it out. No, you did a really good job. She shed by the she short. <laughs> But you know you hate that. Oh, it's like my oh God. yeah, this is good. It's smooth, and then like a minute later, you get cold in the shower, and it's like, what the chia pet's going on here? <laughs> what did you say? Oh shit, I shouldn't shave. <laughs> <laughs> I managed to wake myself up before y'all got too far into Robert the doll. At least I think that's what the subject was, which is good because dealing with Danny in your dreams is super creepy. Keep up the wonderful work, Lori. Oh, my gosh. That's so crazy that those two emails yes. were about the same fucking episode. Yes. Whoa. Holy crap. Lori, thank you for finding us, and we will see you in a few days. Yeah. Side note. My sister's name was Lori. Spelled exactly the same, too. But I couldn't ever say it when I was a kid. So my mom would say, okay, just say O-E. Because I was younger, you know, so it's like... Okay, I mean, it's still the same, you know. Mm-hmm. But my ass said, EO. And, I mean, it stuck. Like, on all the home videos that I wanted to be on, and no one else wanted to be on, but apparently I was like a ham. Imagine that. But I'd be like, EO, 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 or boy, boy, boy. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, mm-hmm. either way, terrible. Terrible. So, that's a sinister sighting for you. <laughs> hey, ladies. I found your podcast on Spotify, and I listen to you at work all day. I'm a wellness nurse for senior citizens. Anyway, I love listening to your stories, and it's hilarious to hear your cursing with an accent. (laughs) (laughs) Insert crying laughing emoji here. (laughs) Also, God bless you for doing that. Mm -hmm. I mean, have you heard my story about me going to see my grandma? (laughs) Okay. I wanted to share a story with you. I'll call it The Man in the Closet. Oh, fuck. R. Kelly? I consider myself a sensitive and can feel positive and negative energy around me. It could be draining at times. When I was about 10, I was afraid of sleeping in my own room, so I would go to my parents' room and sleep at the foot of their bed. In front of my parents' bed was their walk-in closet, so I would lay facing it. I would see an elderly man in a tuxedo standing in the doorway staring at me. Oh, fuck. What? Who doesn't close their door when they're sleeping? I would see him as semi-translucent, and he would just stare at me. He wouldn't move or try to speak. He would just stare. Mm-mm. I was never afraid when I saw him and would see him often. I'd been fucking shitting my pants. Mm-hmm. Fear farting all of it. You're right. I never said anything to my parents because I wasn't afraid of him. Fast forward about 17 years later, we moved to another house that my parents had built. My mom was hanging pictures up in the hallway to my room. She received some old pictures from my aunt, my dad's sister, to put up. And one of the pictures was the man I used to see in the (gasps) closet. There he was staring back at me like he used to. I asked my mom who that was, and it turned out to be my dad's grandpa, whom he never met. Oh my gosh. I've never seen a picture of him before. Now, every time I go to my parents' house, I make it a point to acknowledge my great-grandpa. Oh my gosh. Hope you enjoyed my stories. I'll send some more that have to do with my nursing job. Keep up the awesome work, ladies. Eve. Holy yes. Send all the stories. Yes. Oh, my God. Those Because you know they're going to be so fucking good. Oh, for sure. But that one, uh-uh. Mm-mm. Whew, I'd have been so scared. But that's so cool, though, that you, like, were able to know that you were safe and all that. And yeah. And it was your great-grandpa. Like, that's so cool. I know. You get confirmation. Ugh. Also, yes, I would have fear farted so hard that my parents would have been like, damn, do we insert a quarter into the vibrating bed? I knew that's where you were going. I mean. I was just about to say, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Hola, mijas. Before I tell this story, I just want to say, to this day, it feels like a dream to me. When I was 13, I went to this place in the mall called Blue Moon. Because I didn't have much money, my friend slash neighbor and I decided to take some things like a voodoo doll, spell books, and other things. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Needless to say, I death stopped stealing after this night. 
Oh, my God. Like, of, of all the things to steal. Right? Whew. That night, my friend's mom and I went out to the club. To the club. Too damn young to go to the club. <laughs> <laughs> so, we decided to try out the spells. I was in my room, and she was in hers, and we started the spell. Granted, at this time, we didn't know that we were both doing the spell that night. Anyways, after I finished my spell at about 1 a.m., I heard noises through the wall from my friend's house. Kind of like a bunch of people running up and down the stairs. So I walked over to her house to see if everything was okay, and she didn't notice anything. As we were talking about the spells, we heard commotion upstairs. Kind of like talking and walking. So I asked her, is there anyone else here? And she said, no, but we should check. Being the little bitch that I am, I said, hell no. Do you know what happens when people check this shit out? No, 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 and no. <laughs> she said, come on, we'll be okay. With my friend as a lead, <laughs> we started walking up the stairs. Once we were almost all the way up, we heard what sounded like someone running towards the stairs in an aggressive way, so we jetted out of there. As soon as I reached my home, I looked back, and my friend is nowhere to be found. So I started jogging back. Once I got to the door, I saw her standing completely still. At first, I thought it was a joke, but once I got up to her, I realized that she wasn't playing. I touched her forehead, and it was sweaty and cold, like she had just jumped out of the shower. Once I touched her head, she fell flat on the floor, and I heard the noises again. So I picked her heavy ass up. Mind you, she was skinny, like straight up dead weight, though. And ran back to my house. She's fine now, but when I mentioned that day to her, just to see if it was real, she just doesn't want to talk about it. She gets nervous and shaky every time I mention it, so I stop. I still don't know if this was real or not, but as I write this to you, my body feels stiff and nervous. Anyway, that's my story. Sincerely, Ketsy, a.k.a. Q. Oh my gosh. Holy shit. Holy shit. Mm-mm. You know it's bad, like, if you're if they can't even talk about it, you know? Yeah. God. But damn, I want to know. Mm-hmm. Have you ever stolen anything? Yeah. What'd you steal? So stupid. A sex toy from your mom's shop? <laughs> Girl, no. She probably was like, happy birthday. <laughs> no. God, am I... Statue of limitations, please. No, it's, uh... Did you say statue? <laughs> I did! <laughs> yes. Okay, so... Back in the day, a.k.a. college. <laughs> really? Yeah, so when I should know better. I needed one clip, okay? And I could not find it at Target, like, I, and I have thin hair, so I just needed, like, a little baby one because the big ones, my hair falls right out. It's mm. like, bye-bye. And I needed one, but I didn't have enough money for, like, the whole fucking, like, 20 packets that they come in. And I was like, well, I just want to see if it fits my hair, which gross when I think about it like how many other people did that and I put it in and I was like well I just need this one and I totally took put it in my bag Ooh, mm -hmm. just kidding I'm sorry <laughs> Target please sponsor us still I'm so sorry oh my god that's funny one time in seventh grade when like the cool thing to do is hang out at the mall you know yeah like you just walked the mall for like eight hours I know and Why? I was still big uh -huh. sweating my ass off but mm -hmm. I did it anyway I didn't even steal it, but, and actually, I was there with a friend, and we saw some other girls there from school, mm -hmm. and they're actually the ones that did the stealing. Yeah. And they stole it from, like, Claire's and accessories. Remember those two stores? Oh, yes. I think Claire's still exists now, but, so anyway, they stole, like, a shit ton of shit, and, like, gave all of us some of it, mm. and... I, like, swear that the security guard was, like, walking, like, close to us. You yeah. Know? Like, even when we weren't with them anymore. Yeah. And I wasn't, but, like, I had some stuff that they stole. Mm -hmm. And it made my stomach hurt so bad, I threw it all away before we oh, left. Oh, gosh. Like, I remember, I, like, I can see myself throwing it in the trash. Like, yeah, it gave me so much anxiety. One time I was with someone who stole, and this is back, I don't know, like, Maybe middle school, probably not even. Maybe we, I was in like fifth grade, and so like they were in sixth grade, and they weren't like my close friends. We had like an, a middle friend that was mm -hmm. both close to us, but for some reason, you know, like you never know why you did it, but like I was like, yeah, let's go hang out. Mm -hmm. And so we went to our salvage place that we love, 
And I mean, it's like super cheap. But I remember, because it was a boyfriend and girlfriend that I went with. Always a fucking third wheel. <laughs> well, anyway, so she like wanted this like moon, I swear it was like a toothpaste hold. I mean, a toothbrush holder or something, you know, but it was like that blue glittery stuff and it had mm-hmm. a moon on it or some shit like that. It was like something random, probably was fucking 10 cents, yeah. you know, like whatever, you know, like we keep going and we get outside and he's like, hey, I got this for you. And my stomach dropped. And I was like, what the freak you know because outside i was just like cool cool you know Mm -hmm. but inside i was freaking out and i'm like it was so cheap like yeah what the hell you know but anyway i I don't i have nervous belly too much i really can't do shit like that this is what legitimately that's why i'm such a rule follower because Mm -hmm. i like it makes me so sick like i can't yeah i have no poker face (laughs) now like even going into the casino I'm like, do I look at the security guard? Do I not? Do I look at him? Yes. Do I not? Do I look at him? Do I not? I'm 21. I could, should I? And then they're like, ma'am, can I see your ID? And I'm like, oh, yeah, here. But I'm just like, I don't know what to do with my eyes. What do I do with my hands? Mm-hmm. I'm like sweating and I'm following the fucking rules. Yes. Hey, chicks. Okay, now that I'm not dying from the curse of the flu, it's time to tell you a story of how my daughter kicked a cursed statue in the face. Great mom! Okay. <laughs> I'll keep some of the details vague and we'll explain why later. When my daughter, Ailish, was in high school, she spent summers volunteering at our local historical society. She got to design graphics for displays, catalog artifacts, and even got to help with an archaeological dig of an early settlement site. That's cool. That is cool. During this time, we became good friends with the historian, Lou, whose haunted home I wrote about in another letter. One of the cool things he discovered was a book of local legends written by another local historian in 1913. The stories of the book were very descriptive and included a lot of geographical detail. One in particular was about a Native American brave who fell in love with a young woman from another tribe. The tribe was... Now, why are you going to fucking do this to me, creep on? Saskatchewanic, if you want to take a shot at pronouncing it. <laughs> <laughs> He returned home from his travels and told his father, the chief, and his brothers of the beautiful woman. However, not long after getting his father's consent to court her, he got word that she had married another warrior. Aww. He was heartbroken. The brave tasked a sculptor who had been captured from another tribe to create a statue of his lost love. It was seven feet tall, and he carved it from black flint. He had it placed at the mouth of the mountain path for all to see. There were many pottery artists in the Braves tribe who were mad they had not been chosen for the honor. The next night, they jumped the sculptor and beat him to death. Fuck! Oh, shit. They were apprehended and put to death themselves. Days later, trees began to die around the statue. The next spring, none of the seeds planted in the valley would sprout and famine ensued. Oh, shit. The chief consulted his medicine man and advisors. They explained that the trouble were caused by a curse placed on the statue by the pottery workers before they were executed. As long as it remained, it would be the cause of tragedy. They advised the statue to be removed from the mountainside and buried in the creek bed. As his workers were diverting the water to expose the creek bed, hundreds of birds attacked them and flocked around the village for three days. The workers were able to submerge most of the statue quickly in the gravel and remove the diversion. The statue disappeared beneath the running water. Years went by. The chief grew old and passed away. His son took his place. One of his first decrees was to return the statue to the mountainside. The next night, a terrible storm came and raged for three days. The rivers and creeks flooded. Many died, and those who survived only did so by climbing trees. Oh, gosh. As the water receded, it left behind marshy slime. Fever began to spread among the tribe. Even the chief fell ill with what his medicine man called swamp fever. The advisors made the unanimous decision to rebury the statue, but it was too late. The chief died. The last time the statue was uncovered was the flood of St. Patrick's Day, 1865, and it was reported in local papers. Less than a month later, Lincoln was assassinated. (gasps) What?! The creek eventually corrected its course, and the statue was once more submerged. Now, I told you that story to tell you this one. 
As I said, the stories in this book are very detailed and give great landmarks. The author mentions boulders on specific mountainsides, how far the creek bend is, and even what buildings were standing close by in 1913. Using all these details and topographical maps, Lou was able to really narrow down where the creek bed is. So armed with a compass and a handheld GPS and a fishing camera, he and his sidekick, my kid, set out for the day of adventuring. They eventually hiked through some woods and came to a bend in the creek that looked just right. The creek was deep, probably 10 to 15 feet at its deepest. It had rained a lot during the spring and it was early summer. The water was dark, but not too muddy. At one side of the creek was a metal grate. When the grate was lifted, there was a ladder underneath with four to five rungs. They attached the camera to a tripod and lowered it into the water. Turning it this way and that, they watched for something statue-like. Eventually, they spotted a dark shape, but it was too far down to really see detail. So, Ailish grabs the tripod and throws open the grate. Water spider skitters everywhere. She takes a deep breath and climbs down to the lowest rung. This is where I began to doubt she's my daughter, but I was there and remember her being born. So, <laughs> she lowers the camera and the top of the head-shaped shadow appears. She holds her breath Mm-mm. and... I know. She holds her breath and pushes against the ladder, sinking down into the water. Mm -mm. I'm, like, having a hard time breathing. I have chill bumps because you know this is my greatest fear. As she sinks, she keeps the camera aimed below her. As she's running out of air, she kicks her feet to head back up. She feels her foot hit something solid. It doesn't rock or shift as she hits it. She climbs up the ladder, and they take a look at the camera footage. At her lowest point in the water, the camera focuses on the top of the black stone pillar shape. The water had smoothed the features over the years, but there were definite details of eyes, nose, and a mouth. A little while later, I get a call at work. Mom, I kicked a cursed statue in the face. (laughs) (laughs) To which I replied, great job, hon. You're badass. I'll talk to you later. (laughs) (laughs) They decided not to tell anyone because they were afraid someone would vandalize it, and just maybe they didn't want to be the ones to release the curse. So that's the legend of the curse statue, not revealing the details of the location. I don't want to risk it. I'm a skeptic, but I'm not stupid. <laughs> Love you girls and the whole Creepster community. Creeping it real. Creep mom, Teresa. Oh, yes. I seriously enjoyed that, but I seriously had, can I say seriously one more time, but I had chill bumps because all I'm thinking is like murky water, which gives me nervous belly right there and then also if i felt something under the water uh uh-uh done done yeah i cannot imagine like climbing down that like into the uh, unknown uh-uh i could not do it there's a new preview for underwater movie or some shit Mm -hmm. with a shark thing Mm -hmm. or whatever i was like oh shit no and i was live i don't even know what the fuck i was watching live because i never do that but I was like, I can't, I gotta turn it. Like, it freaks me the fuck out, y'all. I'm not lying. Like, pixelated shark freaks me out. Thank you so much, Great Mom, for sending that in. Okay, this one is from Rebecca, and guess what it's called? My Buddy Doll Story. Hey there, ladies. I'm so glad I found your podcast. I've been binge listening to it at night. It's like sitting with your girlfriends and talking about different things that I so enjoy. You have made me laugh out loud so many times. In hearing the story of Robert the doll. Holy shit. Holy fuck. I had to share a story with you about the doll from 1980s called My Buddy Doll. So sit back, take your shoes off, and put your feet up and enjoy. Y'all, I did not. Like, when I pulled these, I don't, like, I don't read them. I just go. Whoa. Holy shit. All right. In the winter of 1985, I was pregnant with my fourth child who was due December 21st. On TV, they had been advertising a doll called My Buddy. This was a doll that was made for boys to play with, as there was another one called Kid Sister for the girls. Tiffany totally had a kid sister. I didn't have any of these dolls. Me neither. Well, my other two boys wanted the My Buddy doll for Christmas, And ask Santa for him, thinking this would be a good idea with the new baby coming. So Santa slash I got my sons, Jared, who was five, Zach, who was three, each one for Christmas. Um, wait, are they single? (laughs) (laughs) 
Because <laughs> they'd be about our age. Yeah. Oh, Lord. Yeah. <laughs> Dang. But seriously. <laughs> I mean, are they? And are they tall, bald, with a beard? Oh, shit. <laughs> Damn. Preferably work with some sort of uniform on. <laughs> I don't think Military, she wants to hear cops. about your <laughs> fireman. I mean, I'll take it any of it. <laughs> She'll take it anyway, too. <laughs> now you just said she don't want to hear. <laughs> I mean, you kept going. So <laughs> when Christmas came, they were thrilled to have the doll that they wanted. Their new baby brother arrived January first, nineteen eighty six. In February of 1986, I was putting the boys to bed and was giving them what they wanted to sleep with. The boys were in bunk beds, and as I started to hand them that my buddy doll, Jared had a look of terror on his face. What? Held up his hand and started shaking his head no to stop me from giving him the doll. I asked him if he wanted the doll to sleep with, and he replied no. At night, it transforms into a monster and tries to kill us. (laughs) What? That's... Chucky. Let's keep listening. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, Miss Owen. (laughs) (laughs) Now, Carrie, let's keep listening. Don't interrupt me when I read the stories to the class. (laughs) Oh, God. Okay. That sounded so weird, too. Miss Elway. <laughs> it did. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> okay. You're like, that's not even my mama. <laughs> <laughs> no. Okay. I tried to hand Zach his doll, too, and he, too, shook his head no. I thought I would see what their reaction would be when I told them if they don't want the dolls, I would give them away, and both of the boys did not care. This was very unusual, since they both had wanted the dolls so bad for Christmas, and now this reaction. I wasn't sure what to think. I knew there had never been anything on TV that the boys had seen showing them transform into monsters or anything. So I just put the dolls in the closet. After I put the dolls up, the boys never had any more problems with them. The dolls remained in the closet until around 1989. At this time, my friend Hope called me and told me I had to watch a movie that had just came out called Child's Play. (gasps) Oh, I didn't even think about it. It wasn't even out yet. Yes. She would not tell me anything of the movie, but said I needed to watch it. When the movie was being shown, I turned it on and me and the kids sat down to watch it. <gasps> oh, no. Yes. Although my kids were young, we would watch scary movies together. Oh, okay. <laughs> like, I thought it was going to be like a, like, she didn't know it was going to be yeah. what it is, you know. And if they had any questions, I would answer them honestly. They never had any nightmares either. Well, the movie came on, and we watched, and when they showed the Chucky doll, Jared got up, went to his bedroom, to the closet, and came back in the living room with the My Buddy doll going, Chucky, Chucky. I was floored, as the boys had not played with those dolls since they had been put in the closet in 86. Their experience happened two years before the movie Child's Play had ever been released in theaters in November 1988. Wow. After we watched the movie, I called my friend Hope to tell her what Jared had done with the doll and how much the two looked alike. Hope said that she had a bad feeling about those dolls when she saw them in the store, but never said anything because she knew the boys wanted them so much. Yes, I still have the dolls, but they're packed away. The incident happened when we lived in Ohio, and now we live in California. Rebecca. Holy shit. Fuck. Tiffany is going to freak when she hears that. Mm-hmm. Tiffany, your kid sister came came awake at night. Oh well, she hates Chucky. No, I know. But yeah, she had a kid sister. You said. Uh huh. Oh shit! I'm pretty sure it might not have been that doll, but I'm pretty sure it's the one that she had. And like, I mean, I know she had that doll, but at one point, I stayed at her house and I said that the doll like freaked me out and like that she moved at night really Mm -hmm. and I was like I can't sleep with her looking at me I never had anything like that as a kid I mean okay we had this like pillow that was shaped like a duck Mm -hmm. and I mean I dreamed that it chased me but (laughs) but it was like massive you know what I mean it wasn't like a 
You know what I mean? Like that was just yeah. a dream. It wasn't like a oh my like god, a real life thing. yeah, yeah. I had a baby doll that was like a baby doll. The eyes didn't open or anything, because you know back in the day I loved kids and I wanted to have you know six. Five. No, was it five? It was six. Oh my god, could you imagine? No. And then I was like, yeah, four seems more manageable. Manageable. That's what my mom had. Now I'm like, fuck no, give me my dog. But anyway. You live, you'll learn. You don't have to get loves. But <laughs> It took me a second. Anyway, so I had that doll, but in my head, I'm telling you, after I watched Puppet Master, if y'all have not watched those movies, there's a series, oh my God, freaked me the fuck out. Anyway, did not have a doll like this at all, but I swore that that doll was going to get up and like walk, but it would be like that, I mean, it's a fake doll, you know, and mm-hmm. like eyes are closed, all of this. Uh-uh. I would have to close her in the closet. Mm-mm. No, bitch. Stay there. That's crazy about those dolls. Oh, my God. Thank you so much, Rebecca. That, yeah, like, I was like, oh, my buddy doll, it's going to be like Chucky, but holy fuck. Mm-hmm. Hello, ladies. I absolutely love your podcast. You both crack me up all the time, especially when Donna gets very, very shocked. <laughs> Always. <laughs> I have always been into true crime and ghostly stuff, and now I have found my family that doesn't give me the weird eye when I know facts about serial killer or how to sage a house to warn off evil spirits. How to sage a house to warn off evil spirits. Yes. I have freaked out my hairdresser many times with the stuff we talk about, but we're friends, so she just says, Brandy likes weird things. (laughs) Anywho, I have a story for you from my hometown. I hope you like it. I no longer live in my hometown, but here's a story from my small town. So this happened 2002 in Victoria, Texas. 18-year-old Ryan James Frazier, yes, he has three names, but middle name, not Wayne. Shit, I just realized my dad's middle name is Wayne. Rutro. Oh, shit. <laughs> anyway, Ryan was a freshman at Baylor in Waco, Texas. I'm not sure what made him do this, but one night he asked to borrow one of his friend's cars so he could go home, and his friend allowed him. So Ryan drove all night to get to his home in Victoria, which was a 200-mile drive. It was late at night when he finally got to the house and walked up to the house, and the dog came up on him, and he didn't want the dog to alarm anyone, so he killed him by stabbing him 17 times. Wait, what? Wait, wait. I thought he was going home. He was. He was at school at Baylor, borrowed his friend's car to go to his home. And killed his, his dog? Yes, then he went into the house and went to his brother Michael's room. He was 17 years old and killed him by stabbing him 10 times. What? Then he went into his parents' room, Daniel 53 and Sally 50, and killed them the same way. No. He then lit the house on fire and drove back to Baylor. All in a fucking night's work. What the fuck? The neighbor happened to notice the house was on fire and called police. I'm not sure how they connected Ryan to the crimes, but he was arrested a few days later in his dorm. Ryan had denied doing these crimes until two years ago when plea negotiations started. Ryan never showed remorse for doing it. When asked if his parents had treated him differently because he was adopted, he said, no, my family never mistreated me. Police believe that he did it to receive a lot of money from his parents' estate. In 2004, he reached a plea that spared him the death penalty, since Texas has it. He pleaded guilty to one count capital murder for killing his parents, one count of murder for his brother, and one count of arson. He should have got animal cruelty, too. Mm-hmm. He got life in prison for the murders and 99 years for the arson. They run consecutively, so he will be eligible for parole in 100 years, which will be 2104. My brother knew Ryan from school, but they weren't close friends. I knew Ryan's mom. She was an elementary teacher in my school when I was little. Oh, my God. I didn't have her, but our school had classes that some of the teachers would share classes, so I knew her. And as I got into middle school, I also knew Mrs. Frazier's twin sister. She was also a teacher there. My brother also knew of Ryan from the Boy Scouts as well. Ryan was an Eagle Scout. These murders caused people down here to be scared and suspicious of Eagle Scouts, which is sad, but even today, people think about these murders. I mean, two well-known teachers in the community, and one was murdered. Well, that's my story, ladies. I'm not a storyteller, and I hope this was intriguing. Creep it real and don't get scared. Laters, Brandy Belsick. Oh, my God, Brandy. Whew. Okay, I think I know that story. I think that was on, like, an ID 
Dateline-y type thing oh, once really? before. I've Yeah, because – and I'm trying to remember, like, how it led back to him. Like, somebody saw a car or something – I can't remember, but I, I've heard that story before. I'm pretty sure. Oh, my God. I was just so confused. I was like, I thought he was going back to his house. Who would kill your own dog? And, oh, my You know, gosh. and your parents well, and your brother. I, well, I didn't know that. Holy shit. Whew, that is a, like, I can't get that out of my head. I know. And stabbing them, that's so. I know. You know, intimate and, like, oh, my gosh. Can you imagine being the friend who lent him the car? No. Holy you, fuck. Like, do you forgive yourself? Like, you know, like, because you know you would take take on that guilt, even though it's not your fault. You have, I mean, he his free will, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But you know you would take on some of that guilt. Yeah. Well, and two, the police will take your car for a while. Oh, God. I'm, I'm just saying, like, yeah. you know, I mean, imagine that. You being in college and then, okay, your friend who you were friends with just really brutally murdered his whole fucking family using your car. So that's like, whoa, mind fuck. But then to be like, I mean, what do you do when, like, you can't have a car? I don't know. I'd be like, you gonna fucking take me to work? Oh, my God. That stress? Uh-uh. That was a good story. Really was. This one has been one that, like, I'm on the edge of my mm-hmm. seat. Oh, fuck. We got a follow-up. Oh, yeah. From who? To About what? <laughs> Now, Carrie, hold on. (laughs) Let me get. Yes, Miss (laughs) Ellen. Hey, ladies, it's Tequila. Oh. Here's the second part to my creepy cabin in the woods experience, which ultimately involves one big experience and a lot of small but super creepy shit. Okay, little refresher on her story from before. She went with Jack to that cabin in the woods. They were going to do, like, little investigations of this, like, creepy cabin in the woods. And before they started, Jack was like, hey, let's be quiet and just just listen. And they heard, like, the front door of the cabin, like, open and close. Mm-hmm. And, like, a kid running through the cabin. Mm-mm. And she thought Jack was fucking with her the whole time. But, no, like, she was like, when I got the flashlight and saw him, he was totally serious. And so... They, like, asked the kid if they could leave, knock once for no, twice for yes, and the kid said no, like, twice. Oh, yeah. And then, finally, when the kid said yes, they, like, bolted out of there, and Jack shot his gun that way, and, like, they just hauled ass to the car, and Jack said, like, he had been there multiple times with multiple people and never had a kid. He was like, so whatever that kid is, it's attached to you. Yeah. I remember us questioning why he shot the gun, And, like, what he saw. Yeah. Like, he was like, don't look back. Yeah. Just keep running. And to answer your question about Jack shooting his gun, he later said the little girl appeared outside of the cabin when he turned around to make sure that we were all out. And he shot his gun in the air to scare the spirit off. I don't know why he thought a gun would save us from a ghost, but she disappeared and then the scream happened. Oh. Oh, gosh. Okay. Here's the thing that scares me about that, other than, you know, actually being outside. (laughs) But in the woods, you know, like, the noise, you can't tell where it's coming from, Mm -hmm. really. Mm Mm-hmm. Ooh, no. So, I was understandably shaken up when I got home. I was living with the guy I was dating at the time, and the house we lived in was in the middle of nowhere in southeast Missouri. Mm -mm. It was creepy at night without having a ghost encounter. But, anywho... The first night back, nothing really happened. Me and my guy were clearly on edge, but after a few days, we shook it off and went back to our normal day-to-day. But then things started happening in the house. I'll list the things that would happen on a day-to-day basis first. And this stuff would happen almost every single day throughout the whole day. The first happening involved pennies. Yeah, pennies. I know. So, you would be sitting on the couch or honestly just walking from room to room, and a penny would seemingly be flicked at you out of nowhere. But I could live with the phantom pennies. One day, I was going to take a shower, and I turned the water on but left the bathroom to grab a towel. When I came back and started to step in the shower, I freaked out. There were over 50 pennies in the bathtub. What? I was home alone, and they were not in there when I turned the water on. Mm Mm-mm. The next regular occurrence, giggling. 
Mm-mm-mm. Don't like that. Mm-mm. Yeah. Creepy as fuck to be in a house that does not have children and to hear giggling out of nowhere. The little girl was the most active in the laundry room and the bathroom, and that's where the giggling would be heard the most often. There wasn't a rhyme or reasoning to the giggling. It would just happen. Next, things disappearing and reappearing. Now, don't get me wrong. We all misplace things. But this happened on a daily basis. Most of the time, it was my car keys. I would always put my car keys on the coffee table when I got home. Always. And then later in the day, when I would be trying to leave the house, I couldn't find my keys. I would tear through the house for about 20 minutes or so, only to find them sitting in plain view in the middle of the fucking coffee table. Mm-mm. My keys disappearing unnerved me the most because it was like she was preventing me from leaving. Ooh, I didn't even think of that. I know. Ooh, nope. First, I'm the adult in this situation, okay? Now to some specific happenings. So my guy's sister would stay over a lot because we had a spare room. One night she stayed over and I woke up to her crawling in bed with me. I obviously woke up and was like, what's going on in my confused sleepy state? She refused to tell me what happened until the morning. So when we got up in the morning, she said that she was laying in bed in the spare room and heard a giggle. She shrugged it off because this happened all the time. And I need to mention that the bed in the spare room was a platform bed. So the frame was low to the ground and didn't require a box spring. While she's laying there, she could feel something under the bed no. pushing up the mattress. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. Nope, 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 nope. Oh, my God. Nope. Yeah, fuck that. Do I need to mention the small space between the bed and the floor and the fact something was under there? Needless to say, if she stayed over, she slept on the couch after that. I wouldn't stay over. Mm-mm. No. That's some Freddy Krueger shit right there. Mm-hmm. I don't like that at all. So you would think with all of these happenings, there would be no way I would ever go back to the cabin. Well, I made a dumb decision. Oh, no. So I got Condon to go into the cabin again, and a local guy who went to high school with Jack talked Jack into letting him go with us. This guy was a guy who really knew how to push buttons and was an overall douchebag. I hate people like that. So we'll call him Zach. That's funny. Yes. Oh, my God. Love it. So we all drove out to the cabin in two cars with Zach following us in his car. When we got there, Jack put his pistol holster on and Zach eyeballed the shotgun in the back of Jack's blazer and just kind of grabbed it and proceeded to walk down the path with it. Jack shrugged and felt like the fight wasn't worth it. So we get into the cabin and I already have a bad feeling. Zach is getting the tour and I'm standing out on the enclosed porch. Zach came out and started pointing a loaded shotgun at random things and pointed it at me in a joking way. Fuck that Mm -hmm. and him. Yeah. I grew up on a farm and was taught how to handle a gun. And this is like the thing not to do number one. Mm -hmm. So I got pissed, told his stupid ass to stop in more words. This motherfucker proceeds to call me a dumb bitch. Uh Uh-uh. So, Jack steps in and is going off on him. I look at him and tell him, I hope she gets you tonight. Oh, shit. And then I started to the cabin door and demanded on my way out that someone was taking me back to my car. So, one of my friends went with me and we went back to town and hung out at a local restaurant until we got a call from Jack. He said to head to his house ASAP. When we got there, Jack said about five minutes after I walked out, the little girl's face appeared in the window outside. What? I don't know if I mentioned this, but the cabin was kind of built into a hill. So the porch side of it was on stilts. So this window was about 10 feet off the ground. Jack said that she looked waterlogged and rotten. (gasps) Oh, God. And that her face looked like it had been cut off and sewn back on in pieces. Oh, shit. She then disappeared, and the cabin door flew open. Then, Zach flew about six feet across the room, and the shotgun hit the floor so hard that the barrel split. Holy shit. Yeah, a fucking steel shotgun barrel cracked up the middle. 
To top it all off, Zach had small handprints on his arms that looked like they had been burned into his arms. They disappeared after a few minutes, but it was determined that whatever this little girl was, she was really tied to me. Holy shit. So, for the next three years, give or take, the little girl was always around. The activity did die down, but her presence was almost tangible. I still don't know if she was a demon or a savior, but we all made the determination that we felt it wasn't really a little girl. It just took the form of whatever scared me the most. I don't know why she left. She just kind of disappeared one day. I didn't feel the heaviness of her presence, and I hope she never comes back. So that's my story. I hope it gave you the creeps. I have so many stories to tell, so I will continue to send them in. And as always, ladies, creep it real and stay very, very spooky. Tequila, fuck Uh-oh. you, because that was scary <laughs> as shit. <laughs> but really, thanks for sending Yeah, it. but whew. holy camoly. I mean, send them all in because, I mean, I'm going to have nightmares, but... Like, I can picture that little girl. Okay, yeah. And I don't want to. I don't need to. Oh, Lord. Whew. God, that was scary. Yes. I want to know if Zach, like, what he uh-huh. what he thought about it and what he said. Or, you uh-huh. know, like, I need did to he, know all of his shit. Did he try to, like, play it cool being like, oh, it wasn't a kid. Exactly. No. Oh, my God. You know what he did? Since he's Zach, he probably said, I feel really angry and I feel possessed and i feel like i'm gonna open the dimmick box oh after this commercial break (laughs) okay you ready last one okay sorry it took me so long to send this in i know i made a post like three days ago i've told my ambient story stories maybe a few times in the watch parties but now we'll have a permanent record of them yes in college ambient made me nutballs like Literally, I met my future bridesmaid the first day of freshman year by bursting into the computer lab, striking a Captain Morgan, <laughs> striking the Captain Morgan pose with my leg on the back of a chair and declaring to her to be my first mate. <laughs> I, why'd you sound like Gaston? <laughs> oh, I got a little captain in me. <laughs> I have absolutely no memory of this. <laughs> The story I tell most is when I was going through a really bad depression at a sorority that was considered the, quote, fat loser house, which I kind of understand. Not the fat part. (laughs) Not the fat part. Fuck those garbage preps. That's right. They are the fat loser house now that our sorority has been shut down. So watch (laughs) out for karma, bitches. (laughs) Karma's gonna bite you. The loser part was pretty obvious, though, because our chapter was failing to get new people, probably because of the fat loser rumor. Gosh! And our national office made us go around the dorms and beg people to come to our events. It's a good look, let me tell you. Oh, gosh. So I was in that state of mind and also in a Walt Whitman phase. Normally, I'd remember what I did on Ambien. I would have looked for some other sleeping med if Ambien weren't so fun. But don't do Ambien recreationally, people. I'm not endorsing it. In this one instance, though, I guess my brain shut off the fun part and decided we needed to go out what I call the Bundy door. The window? (laughs) We kept it unlocked and sometimes propped open so the house mom wouldn't hear us sneaking out. I came to, still kind of tripping on Ambien, on the roof of my sorority in a see-through nightgown, waving a blanket behind me like Johnny Depp in the ocean scene in Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. Oh, And then, in parentheses, no one ever gets that reference. I, I totally do. I'm trying to commune with the spirit of Walt Whitman. I mean, yeah, it was dangerous, but I feel like kind of cool to have had that experience. Ambien now has really no effect on me. It... Makes me a little sad, but I'm glad I'm not doing anything dangerous. I just got my nails done, so it's hard to type. So I wrote dong instead of doing. (laughs) She said I needed to include that information. I mean, we like dongs, too. Okay. I'm going to take this into a downer, so you can choose to read this or not. I think it's important. So... Trigger warning. Oh, okay. Ambien also got me sexually assaulted. Oh. 
This is why I say don't do it recreationally and take a ton of precautions if it's not recreational. I wasn't using it for fun. It was literally my sleeping aid at the time. Your body may go into auto mode, so figure out a way to make it so you can't leave your house, open your door to strangers, hide your keys so you don't drive, hide any medication you shouldn't take too much of. Your body won't remember where you hid things until it becomes a habit. Switch it up often. My friend currently puts her keys and purse in the refrigerator. Her phone is somewhere where she can hear it, but would also make no sense to her brain. Thanks for asking for Ambien stories. I can't wait to hear everyone else's exploits. Kat, who posts too much on the Facebook and sends too many emails. No, oh my gosh. Oh my God, Kat. Well, thank you for sharing that. And wow, I cannot, wow. Well, my body, like, couldn't, like, I was laughing so hard at the dong, and then it was like, <laughs> no. you said, like, now I'm going to take it, now I'm going to take it to a downer, and my, like, my, like, shoulder slumped. I was like, yeah. oh, shit, what? Like, oh, gosh. Oh, I know. I'm so sorry that happened to you. Yes. Thank you for sharing that. And your Captain Morgan. <laughs> I, I, like, the Captain Morgan, that is the best. Yes. Oh, my gosh. And, like, that y'all actually became friends. Yes. Because, I mean... Some people would have been like, the fuck? You know, right? and then yeah. she was like, okay, we're soulmates. Yes. That's a smart idea to put your phone somewhere because my sister takes Ambien, which I know I think I've talked about, which is why I wanted Ambien. How many times do I say which? But she one time called up several people, I think, but she just called them up and said, I'm about to go marching with Washington, so load up, bitches. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, gosh. That's why I love ambient stories. Please send them in. I really want to end all the episodes with them because they're funny. Yeah. And they can literally be like two sentences or whatever. Like, it's hilarious. I absolutely love everything about it just because it's so random. Every time, it's so fucking random. Like, how did you do that? Or why did you do that? Oh, my gosh. It's the best ever. Mm-mm-mm. I mean, but don't take it just to write a story, y'all. Oh, God, yeah. But if you have one, send it. (laughs) And if you know of a story, but, like, you're like, oh, my mom wouldn't want me to tell her story, change it up. Give it a golden girl's name. Yeah. Be like, Rose. Because you know Rose would do it. Oh, yeah. Rose would be the ambient story of the golden girls. (laughs) Absolutely. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Well, thank y'all so much. We hope you enjoyed this episode. As always, we love the stories. Y'all never disappoint. Never. Keep them fucking coming because they are awesome. Long, short, somewhere in between. We love them all. Mm Mm-hmm. And remember. Creep it real and and don't don't get scared. scared.